As the pastor said, this is Advent, the first Sunday of Advent, and so uh, be looking at an Advent passage, and I do want to encourage you through the Advent season, through the Christmas season, that you do a search, do a Google search, and uh, look up the passages of Advent, and uh, they are, they're so encouraging as they testify of the Lord Jesus Christ, and so I do want to encourage you with that. So turn to Isaiah 52, Isaiah 52 is where we'll be today. And I love this passage. Um, one, because I love talking about my Lord Jesus Christ. But uh, to be a little bit comical, I love it because it says, how beautiful are the feet on the mountains who bring good news? Because I have really weird feet. When uh, you go to a uh, orthopedic surgeon to have them look at your feet, and they say, it's not this, it's not that. You have weird feet. <laughs> you have weird feet. And no, I'm not going to show them to you. But, uh, but also with what we, we get to do with the privilege of, of uh, ministering on, uh, at Twin Peaks Bible Camp on the Grand Mesa. Again, I, I just this passage resonates with me as well as uh, talking about uh, being on that mountain and uh, bringing forth the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and that is one of our desires, is that we would definitely make the Grand Mesa even more beautiful because of the gospel of Jesus Christ going forth. But uh, I hope to encourage all of us with that today as we, we look at this passage. So Isaiah 52, verse 7, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy. For eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing your waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. And these are the holy and inerrant words of our God. Let's just pause to pray and ask God to help us as we look into this wonderful text. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Father, I thank you for the gift of your only Son. And as we look at this passage, this passage of prophecy, this passage of Advent, of the one who would come, that you gave, I ask that we would be encouraged and built up in our faith, and that you'd help us now as we look at this wonderful text, and that you'd inspire us to talk more about the precious Lord Jesus Christ. And so I just say thank you and ask for your empowerment, your gifting, and Holy Spirit, that you would do the work that you do as the word of God goes forth. And it's in Jesus' precious name that I humbly ask this. Amen. And so the nation of Israel, as we look at the book of, to look through the book of Isaiah, they have been in captivity, and this is promising the coming deliverance from Babylon. And that picture of that coming deliverance really then is a picture of that deliverance then that we have from sin through the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And so as we look at this passage, this passage of Advent, I want to look at uh, three major things. First of all, the messengers of Advent, and then the message of Advent, and then the manner of the Advent. And so we begin with looking at the messenger of the Advent, and it says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The message of Advent is to be one of elation. It is to be one of excitement. This is not like Paul Revere coming and saying, the British are coming, the British are coming. It's not like that. It's not one of doom and woe. It is one of excitement. It is that uh, we are rejoicing and excited about what God is going to do. And he uses this word here, publishes. And it's, it's almost that idea of an announcement. And you almost gather the idea of one as in times of old in, this, in the streets of like New York outside the newsstand and they're saying, extra, extra, read all about it. We as kids growing up, I, we sang these CEF songs. And one of them was that. It's wonderful. And we would come to that point where we go, extra good news. That's the idea as we come to this passage. And I want to encourage you with that as you come to the Christmas Advent season. Excitement. As you see those lights, think about that light that came into the darkness. And that's the idea as we come to this passage here. And they're looking for that deliverance out of captivity. And as you think about the deliverance, if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, that deliverance you have from the bondage of sin, that captivity. And so it is, it's, it's an elation as they come. And how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of them who bring good news. And that, that idea there of the brings good news is it is the best news. There is nothing better to say than to talk about this one who is coming, this one who will say that this, it's about salvation and your God reigns. The messenger of the advent should be elated. And then there is an expectancy that's in this. As they come then to the watchmen, it says, the voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy. For eye to eye they see the return of the Lord of, of Zion. There was an expectancy. And especially as you think about Nahum and how they were, they were building up, the, uh, excuse me, not Nahum. I'm gonna, I just slipped. Pastor, help me when they were uh, building up the walls. Nehemiah, thank you. I went to the wrong end. Thank you for helping me, Pastor. Yes, Nehemiah. <laughs> and they were building the walls, and they were standing there with, with sword in hand, ready to fight, and yet they wanted to protect, and, and yet he is proclaiming and teaching them the word of God, and that they would stand true to that. And as those watchmen watch, there's that idea they're watching for the sake of protection, but when this one who comes, this one that is the God who reigns, 
It's not about protection now. It's about deliverance. And they were looking forward to that of being delivered from the captivity of Babylon. And thus, we as children of God, we rejoice over being delivered from the bondage of sin. And so there was an expectance. And they were looking for that. Pastor said that. As you look at the passage of Advent, there was this longing, this looking for this one who would come, this light that would come into the darkness. And that very one who fulfills that is the Lord Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, the Lord Jesus says, and it says, as it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And the Lord Jesus is that ultimate one who comes and proclaims about himself. That he is, even as pastor said, he is a good shepherd. He came to lead them out of captivity, out of bondage. And so as we look at this messenger, this one who is coming and proclaiming this great truth, there is elation, but there is also expectancy as those voices of those that are the watchmen on the watchtowers, they're crying out and lifting up their voices because, as we're going to see, it, it is a personal coming of the Lord as he comes. And so the message then of the Advent, and as I said, it is the best news, the one who brings good news, who brings good news of happiness. It is the best news possible. And again, it's that, like that idea of extra, extra, read all about it, and we as children of God ought to be holding up our Bibles. We ought to be memorizing it so that we can proclaim that best news. And what is in that news? Peace. Peace. And I've, I've appreciated, Pastor, over the years, and, and that is our heart's desire. We want to rejoice. We want to celebrate. And yet we know that as we come to the holiday season, some of you here, you're brokenhearted. We have friends who have a husband and a father who has just died. There are families in turmoils at this time. And that message, even in that exaltation, there is a gravity of it because we want to communicate, he's bringing peace. And if you are in that place where you are struggling, I don't want you to just shake your head at me as I I am elated about the Lord Jesus Christ, but I want you to hear this, that good news, that best news is about the peace that he brings as I have had the privilege to preach funerals over the years of ministry. One of the things that I've told to people, my, my, even my very next door neighbor, when I had the privilege of preaching his wife's funeral, he said, Aaron, how do you do this? I said, Greg, all I have to offer you is the grace and the peace and the joy and the comfort I have in Jesus Christ. 
And so he does, he brings peace because of what the effects of sin does to us in our lives in this world. And out of that then, that's good news, this best news brings happiness. And that peace in Nahum verse one, or chapter 1, verse 15, it says, Behold upon the mountains the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace. Keep your feasts, O Judah. Fulfill your vows, and never again shall the worthless pass through you. He is utterly cut off. And so there is this message of peace that comes in this, this best of news. And Ephesians 6, verse 15, Paul writes here, as he writes about the putting on the full armor of God, Ephesians six fifteen, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. As ones who come with that excitement about who the Lord Jesus Christ is, we ought to be people, though, who are bringing forth the message of peace. Peace from the turmoil. Peace from the pain. That is what God is doing. And so there is, even in that, even in that joy and elation, there's a somberness to know that he does bring peace. And yet a hope. A hope. And so thus, as we do proclaim the message of truth, there should be a sensitivity on our parts of knowing that Sin is destructive. And yet we have the answer. We have the answer of the one who's coming who would bring peace. And he'll also bring happiness, who brings news of happiness. And the scriptures are filled with that about rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. And even as we've been through Matthew, the beatitudes of how blessed or happy is the one, and that begins with, blessed are the poor in spirit. For once you realize that you are eternally, spiritually bankrupt, then you find life. You find the hope of this one who comes, and that brings about true happiness. In this message of best news is the message also of salvation. Who publishes salvation? Who says to Zion, your God reigns? And yes, that salvation as they were looking forward to being delivered from Babylon and their captivity. And even as the Lord Jesus Christ comes, the nation of Israel, they were looking for that deliverance from the oppression of Rome. But the ultimate salvation... The ultimate salvation is being saved from your sins. Being saved from your sins. Isaiah 14, verse 32. What will one answer the messengers of the nation? The Lord has found Zion, and in her the afflicted of his people find refuge, that message of salvation. And even appreciated the scripture reading we have from Psalm 130. That message of salvation of our great and mighty God. And even as we have his name being Jesus, as it says in Matthew, as the angel came and says, you shall call his name Jesus. Why? Because he would save his people from their sin. 
Oh, the wonderful hope of this beautiful, blessed, best news. And then we see the sovereignty. The sovereignty of God. He says, out of that salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. You see, God's in control and God's had a plan. God has a purpose. And he knows exactly what he's doing. Psalm 146 Psalm 146, verse 10, it says, The Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. And people in this world desperately need to hear the truth that God reigns, that God has a plan, He has a purpose. He's not up there wringing His hands in worry. No, He has. He has a plan, he has a purpose, and he sent, and thus as we proclaim the message of Advent, he sent his only son. And then the manner of Advent, the manner of the Advent, it brings about understanding, because these watchmen were looking, and now as they they see this, they lift up their voices, together they sing, as it says in verse 8, For eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together in singing, you waste places. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. And the Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. There is an understanding that comes through the manner of the advent of the one who was given the Lord Jesus Christ. Zechariah 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous, having salvation. Is he humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey? And as we come to the triumphal entry, we, that is that passage there that the Lord Jesus fulfills that. And the understanding as the scriptures are manifested, the prophecies come true about who the Lord Jesus, and again, Pastor said that even as he read, that Jesus has fulfilled so many of these already. And yet the wonder of prophecy as we look at it, there was always an immediate historical significance to the people who were reading that very text, the recipients. And thus it's culturally, historically significant to those original readers of that prophecy. And oftentimes it had an immediate future effect for them. And as we have the privilege of looking backwards, we see then with the advent of the Lord Jesus Christ coming, that fulfillment. And yet even in this passage, it points to the great second coming. When the Lord Jesus is going to come back as King of kings and Lord of lords. The manner of the advent should result in singing and praising. And what a privilege to be able to do that as we come together, the worship service. And I hope you enjoy singing the Christmas songs. And that's, again, one of the things I love that you can walk through stores and hear songs about Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you to take advantage of opportunities as you talk with store employees and you do your shopping and things to have a smile on your face. Be kind and gracious. Even last night as we went out to eat and I stood there at the, uh, w- the uh, waitress station 
talking with a young man and I asked him how his day was going and he says, you know, it's been not too bad, but there are people that, he said, this time of the season just brings it out and they get cranky. And my heart just kind of breaks. (laughs) And yet I know how many times and even there were things with regards to our meal that weren't right. (laughs) And how am I going to respond? Praise God, I responded, I think, fairly well yesterday. But oh, that we would have that, that hope and have that joyful jubilation as we have opportunity and we hear the singing about the one who came. Together they sing, what for joy? For joy, and again we see that it is personal. As they grow in the understanding of the manner of Advent, and we have that privilege, and even as we grow in our understanding, as we study the, prof- the prophetic word of God and to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ again, as he will come, we should be one who's, ones who sing out joyfully, but it's personal. Again, it's, it says here in verse 8, For eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. And then it says that the Lord has bared his holy arm in verse 10 before the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. It is personal. And praise God, we have a God that deals with us personally. Our Savior deals with us personally. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. Says, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and miraculous miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will that the Lord Jesus was manifested. He was made known. And it is personal. And a great example of this, of one who was looking for the advent, looking for the one to come and became a messenger of the great message and had the right manner. If you would, turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Beginning in verse 22. Luke chapter 2, verse 22. And when the time came for the purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Again, your mind should go to what we've, we've looked at in Matthew about he did not come to abolish the law, but what? To fulfill it. And he, even here, we have our Lord Jesus through the obedience of Joseph and Mary. In a sense, helping him be the fulfillment of our righteousness. The Christmas story is so wondrous. And it says, As is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. If you will, he was one of those watchmen. Those watchmen waiting and looking. And this man, he was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. 
And he came in the spirit into the temple when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. And he took it up in his arms and blessed God, saying, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what he said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And then there was a prophetess, Anna, a daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, one of the tribes of Israel. And she was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from now, when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. And she did not depart the temple, worshiping and fasting and prayer night and day. Coming up at the very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And in these two characters, we see here messengers, messengers who were willing to proclaim and they were looking for the consolation of Israel. And when they encounter him, what is their response? They're elated. They're elated and they were expecting, they were looking for him to come. They had that message and they accepted it. And even what Simeon says, he says, now let your servant depart in peace. That message of peace and of happiness and of salvation and the sovereignty of God because God was at work in this. And they saw that and they acknowledged it. And then the manner as their understanding grew, they, they sang, it says, and it was personal for them. And they continued on to share about the great truth of Jesus Christ. Here we have an active outworking of Isaiah 52 with these ones who received the advent. And they literally, because they got to see the Lord Jesus Christ as the babe, and then thinking of this as well, this passage, if you've read through Romans, it, your mind should jump to it as well. And I encourage you to turn there. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. How then will they call on him? Romans chapter 10, verse 14. How will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they preached unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And so I want to encourage you to be a messenger at this Advent season, one who is willing to step out and answer that question, how will they hear? How will they believe in whom they have not heard? And how will they hear if they haven't had a priest? And be willing to answer like Isaiah as he did when God says, who shall we send out for us? What did Isaiah say? In Isaiah, I believe it's chapter five, he says, here I am, Lord, send me. Send me. And so I want to encourage you at this Christmas season to be a messenger. Have an elation in your, 
in your spirit and your heart and your attitude a joy as you go forth, knowing and being one who is expecting that the Lord Jesus will return. He is going to come back one of these days. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow. No matter what time, I'm going to choose to follow the keeper of eternity. That message then, proclaim that message of peace to those who desperately need that in this time of chaos. That message of true happiness found in the one who gives salvation. That message then of salvation, which it is found in Jesus Christ. The one who came. And he is that sovereign one. And then the manner, help them to understand and see who Jesus is. Have a song in your heart and make it personal. Share your own personal testimony of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done and make it personal for them as you share about what he can do for them and saving their souls. There are no more beautiful feet that have ever brought the good news of the gospel than the feet of the originator of the gospel. The Lord Jesus Christ. And then those feet were nailed to the cross of Calvary on the cruel Mount of Golgotha. And yet, those precious feet, as he stood on the Mount of Olives, which we've been studying, he warned that he is coming. And at that time, his mighty arm will be exposed as he carries that rod and judges all unrighteousness. And he will be exposed that time truly then as King of kings and Lord of lords. It is wondrous as we look at the advent of our Lord Jesus Christ. And yet there is a second advent coming where he will come and his mighty arm will bear and it's that arm that brought salvation as it was nailed to the cross of Calvary. And yet it will come with that rod that scepter, and he will reign as king of kings and lord of lords. Oh, child of God, there's a message to tell. I hope you'll share it, and share it with a smile on your face and concern in your heart for the souls you encounter, that you would answer that question that God asked, who will go out for us? That you would say, here I am. God, send me. Send me. Send me to my neighbors next door. Send me to the cash clerk there at Walmart. Whoever it be, Lord, send me. And proclaim the wonderful truth and the message of the Advent. We have a story to tell. And if you're here and you've never placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, he is the ultimate gift. He is the gift of salvation. And there is a day where he's coming back, so there is an urgency and we would love to help you understand. Pastor, I know I would. We would love to sit down with you from the scriptures so that you can understand that it is him who saves. It is Jesus Christ who shed his blood on the cross for you. That he is the one and that mighty arm that was bore, that he is the one who brings salvation. And then you can know peace and happiness like never before. True happiness being saved from your sins. We'd love to talk with you. Let's close in prayer.